Moms can come in every shape and form, and sometimes their children happen to have fur and wagging tails. This isn't a dog training podcast. It's not a dog advice podcast. This is a safe space for dog moms to celebrate and commiserate. This is Rescue Dog Moms, a parenting podcast. I'm Yamini, and this is Boss. Welcome, Rescue Dog Moms and Dog Dads. Thanks so much for all your support since this podcast has started. I'm honestly really blown away. Um, It makes me really happy to see your engagements, hear your stories, and just get excited about being obsessed with your dogs. That's the number one thing I wanted to accomplish. And uh, number two is just learning more about other dogs. So just so happy to see you guys get involved. I did want to announce some big changes since uh, our last few episodes. This is not really having to do with the podcast itself, but I wanted to put it out here anyway. I discussed in a few podcasts as well as some upcoming pre-recorded ones that I was waiting for Boss's Embark results. Well, they did arrive. They are here. You may view them on Boss's page. Since we got Boss, we were told by the rescue and also just from our own avid Googling that he was likely a puggle. He does look like one. He howls like one. He's a sniff hound in my opinion. So I really thought that was 100% what he was. Well, we all got shocked. Um, He actually has no beagle uh, DNA at all. He actually also only has 25% pug DNA. He's mostly 50% chihuahua, which uh, was really surprising. He also has some Dachshund and some Yorkshire Terrier. You may understand that as a dog mom, I'm going through an identity crisis. Uh, I've changed his username from the puggle boss to the pup boss. And honestly, I am uh, really not come to terms that that might be a forever name so I guess I'm calling it out do you guys have any cool ideas on boss's personal brand you know um some cool names if you have any ideas send them along to rescue dog moms pod and tag us on instagram uh or you can send me an email at rescue dog moms at gmail.com now on to the episode today I'm chatting with Faye she's a dog mom extraordinaire to monster and daffy we're gonna learn a lot about these precious pups they are quite opposite and quite hilarious. I also wanted to learn from Faye about Stray to Play, a rescue that her and some friends started during the pandemic. They have grown so much in their short time as a rescue. I actually was lucky enough to foster through them for Luna, who is now in an amazing, happy home. It was such a great process working with them and they really do have some super sweet dogs. If you want to learn more about the rescue world, what it means to do what you love during a pandemic, and uh, just a couple of interesting discussions about the complications of rescue keep on listening hi Faye hi how are you I'm good thanks for joining us on rescue dog moms we I guess have gotten to know each other this past year um and I'm so Mm -hmm. excited to hear more about you and your dogs who I love stalking deaf on Instagram (laughs) and also obviously talking about stray to play and all the rescue work you've done this year yeah, thanks for having us, having me, and then us, obviously, my dogs, and on behalf of Straight to Play. Thank you. <laughs> Miss Dog Mom, how about you tell me a little bit about your kids? So I have my almost 16. He's 16 in April, and that's my little cookie monster who goes by monster just because he's very, very cranky. And he is amazing. I think he really is the inspiration, I think, behind a lot of what I do. Um, he's 
so old and just <laughs> like he's got dementia these days. He's deaf. He doesn't do much anymore. But I think what he has showed me is just, you know, through his little, little body, he has accomplished so much. And there's been times and tough times where, you know, he's had to fight through, you know, just like his collapsed trachea or, you know, this random incident of him being kicked by a random person who was unwell. And, you know, things that in perspective would be very difficult to overcome and, you know, times in which I thought that, you know, I was going to lose him and then seeing him kind of power through that. He really, these days, like even when I'm training kind of my clients and things like that, and, you know, there are difficult, difficult times, even myself, if I'm ever running and I'm like, I can't do another minute, you know, literally just think of monster. And I'm like this three pound little dog who just his will to live and his will to conquer. You know, it sounds super cheesy because obviously I'm a cheesy dog mom, but it, it truly encompasses, I think, everything that I live for and everything that kind of guides me these days. It's like, if he can do it, then, you know, I have no reasons to not be able to accomplish something. So that's my little monster. He is old and he definitely, he wasn't, he's not a rescue, but I did get him from PJ's pet shop. Oh my God. Back when pet shops were a thing. (laughs) Back in Yorkdale. Yeah. So I'm obviously older too. And pet shops were a thing and, you know, social media was not. And, you know, rescue rescues. I mean, I know, I know now that they existed, but back then it it wasn't a thing. Like you knew of the humane society, but you really, you couldn't really, you could call them. You would open your phone book and you would maybe call and ask about dogs, but there was nothing you could actually see that would kind of really focus on, you know, encouraging people to adopt and stuff. So Monster was from a pet shop. And I will say I've been very lucky to have him for, you know, as long as I've had him because I've heard of how bad, you know, pet shops are and things like that. So that's obviously you know, a blessing for me. And Daffy, my little sassy girl is a rescue. And we've had her for about a year now. She we think is two. And she's just also very much an inspiration to me in a sense where I see her overcome these tiny, tiny boundaries every single day. And I see her personality shine. And even though it's not the sweetest personality, she's not a cuddle bug. She doesn't love people at all. And she is definitely, definitely super, super sassy. I think I love her for that. And I definitely feel like she fits, she fits my lifestyle and what I need in a dog very, very well. So mm-hmm. those are my babies. <laughs> what's your, uh, what's Daffy's rescue story with you? So Daffy actually is from Texas and she actually came with her sister And I think they were just strays. They were found, put in a shelter together, and then they were transferred to Toronto together. So I actually had made the drive down to Texas um, with another rescue organization to drive them down these dogs, these, you know, vans of dogs. And she was actually one of them. And I will be honest in saying um, my boyfriend was, you know, stalking the journey, the rescue journey on Instagram. And was very much like, we have to get one, we have to get one. And I was very much like, nope, I, I can't, I can't just because, you know, I had monster and, you know, it, I can't, 
I think if you look at any rescue dog, you want to adopt them. So I had to keep myself very removed from the whole process, actually being, you know, on the ground there. But um, but he had kind of seen her and seen her videos afterwards and fell in love. So we went to meet her. And, you know, as she is today, she she was not a nice dog when we met her. She didn't want to interact. She didn't want to, she was not interested in us whatsoever. She was interested in chasing the other dogs and eating sticks. And her mom, her foster mom at that point had actually told us, you know, what a huge handful she was and, you know, how much she pulls and all these things. And I don't know why, but we were still like, no, we love her. We want her. She'll be perfect. And, you know, to this day, she still pulls a lot and she's still not interested in people. <laughs> she's still very much obsessed with just doing her own thing, but, but she's perfect. And we love her for that. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I can relate. Um, I think I, <laughs> you know, I feel like we all have a little dog in mind who just cuddles up on the couch all day and whatever, <laughs> but dogs are dogs. And yeah, boss has come into his own. He's more of a cuddler now, but he's definitely, yeah. he's a solitary guy sometimes. Like right, right now he's just in his crate. He's having a great time by himself. So <laughs> Yeah. No, Daffy, we joke because at nighttime we'll be like, where's Daffy? And, you know, the, the dog bed is empty next to us. And she's literally chosen a separate room to sleep in because that's <laughs> that's just what she wants to do. And we're like, OK, well, have a good night. You know, yeah, she, she loves her. She space. definitely likes her space. Yeah. yeah. So did you guys foster at all at, at that point or you primarily just because of monster, I assume? Yeah. So we didn't foster at all. Daffy was a strict, like we met her, we want to adopt her. And then we had done that. We had fostered after we had Daffy with Straight Up Play. We had fostered Shadow, who was amazing and I loved him. And he he is perfect and he was a little cuddle bug. But since then, we've still not fostered. I think if it comes to like an emergency situation where we need to, then we would. But Daffy has definitely made it clear that she needs to kind of be the only dog even though we have another dog like we have monster obviously they're both very much independent in their lives they share the same water bowl and they'll eat out of the same food bowl but aside from that everything else that they do is as two separate entities like they don't yeah. play they don't they don't cuddle they show no interest in each other it's it's very much just like passing ships for whatever reason it actually works like it doesn't bother me i think some people would probably want their dogs to interact a little more but for me it's like it doesn't bother me they they don't pick on each other they don't you know so i was gonna yeah, say they're works. not stressing each other either so i know that's yeah. good yeah it's it's an interesting dynamic because they've obviously been together for a year now a little bit more than a year and they know like they exist you know, but, but it's just, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. It's bizarre because, you know, when we fostered shadow, Daffy would pick on shadow a lot Yeah, and, you know, she tried to wrestle him and she was, she was mean to him. She was very, very mean to him. Um, and she would bully him and as she does a lot of other dogs now, but with monster, she doesn't bully him, mm. but she just doesn't pay attention to him. It's like, he just doesn't yeah. in, exist in her world. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Definitely want to hear about straight to play. Tell me about um, the other members of your rescue and what your role is and how you guys got together um, with this idea. Like, how did this come to be in the middle of a pandemic? <sighs> 
I know. So, I mean, we were all rescued, not all of us, I think four out of five of us were with another organization and, you know, that kind of fell through. And when that had fallen through, it was just, you know, we had dedicated so much of our time to this other organization that it was like, you know what guys, like we have this combined experience and you know, what can we do about this? And it was so casual. It was, we didn't know each other before. It was literally like, I think I had literally reached out to a few people saying, I want to do this. And then a few other people were like, okay, well, this person wants to do this. And we literally like Instagram DM'd each other because we didn't even have each other's contacts. And from there it was like, okay, guys, we're going to do this. Okay, let's do this. And it was basically like, guys, you know, we have this time that we had dedicated before. And, you know, do we, do we want to use the combined experience that we have and try to do this on our our own. You know, we weren't trying to reach any specific goal. I think our goal when we started was probably knowing that we were launching in May, we figured we'd rescue maybe 10 dogs by December 2020. So that was, you know, just that, that was the bar that we had set for ourselves, you know, knowing that we have experience, but you know, it's going to be a learning curve. So let's take it slow and let's not over, you know, kind of reach and then be able to not give the quality of rescue that we wanted. So that was what we did. And we just, you know, there wasn't any formal, you know, agreement. It was just over Instagram. And then we jumped on a Zoom call. And then from there, we started to just kind of put everything together. And luckily, our individual strengths and our individual interest as well, you know, kind of started to take hold. And when it came down to allocating what each person was going to do, it was it was quite simple, like everyone kind of raised their hand and said, this is what I want to do. And we were all just okay with it. So I think we got lucky on that sense, there wasn't a lot of discussion in terms of, you know, I want to do this, or I want to do that. It was, it was very, very easy. And it's, it's been quite simple in terms of things like that and agreeing on certain aspects of what it would take to kind of start a rescue. I think it could be quite difficult if you were, you know, standing with someone who had conflict conflicting interests or conflicting ideas, but we've all been, you know, kind of on the same page. So it's been very good. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, that's a fun way to, to get together. And like you guys all, like you said, you're all fitting together, even though you didn't necessarily work together. We before. Yeah, yeah, we didn't know each other. We didn't, you know, we didn't. And I think looking back now, it's interesting because we all come from very different backgrounds and, you know, it could definitely have been a recipe for a disaster. Um, so I do count my blessings <laughs> since that it hasn't been because, you know, different personalities, right? And oh, I yeah. think that when you're combining extreme passion, because I think anyone in the rescue world, you know, you really have to be so passionate about it because it's not easy. So for anyone to say, you know what, I'm putting up my hand, I want to do this as, you know, not full time, but pretty much full time because it is going to take a lot of your energy. Anyone to say that definitely has that passion for it. So when you're combining that with, multiple personalities um it definitely could be rocky but you know we've been we've been lucky where it hasn't been yeah and another way you've been lucky your goal was 10 dogs but how many how many have you oh my god how many are we yeah I think 2020, I have to look, this is how silly it is, because I actually don't know. I feel like we're at 75. Wow. That's incredible. mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's been a dream come true. And I say this 
of course being extra cheesy again, but I know just a lot of people that I've on my end personally, that I know that have kind of, you know, reached out to me and been like, wow, you know, like this is, this is amazing. And, and I truly believe, you know, I, I, if you have something in mind, do it, put it on paper, you know, if you don't have what it takes to do it on your own, connect with some people who have similar interests because it's possible. And I think that this, this straight to play is very much evident of that. I, no word of a lie. I think up until I, the idea of straight to play probably came together in April, maybe we launched in May and up until probably mid-March, like I was that girl who wanted to be involved and I was volunteering with other organizations. And in the back of my mind, I had always said, you know, one day I'm going to retire and I'm going to do my own dog rescue. Like that was what I believed in. And that goal was something that was achievable and it was realistic, you know, and then COVID hit and, you know, we weren't really given another choice and we just said, let's do this. And, you know, here we are today and it really instilled completely, I feel like it's a dream sometimes, but you know, it's, it's happening. So yeah, it's been good. Yeah. It's been good. You didn't have Such to retire cool. to do it. You just no, no, I know. I, exactly. So it's been, it's been very sweet. I think it's, it's true that if you just want it, just, you know, set aside time and just do it. You don't have to do it on your own. Right. I think that's, yeah. that's also the learning curve that I think I take away from this is, you know, we often think that, you know, we have this dream and we have to achieve it without any assistant or help. And, I think this just shows you, you don't, and you can accomplish so much when you have just help, you know, and just a team of people that want to do the same things that you do. Yeah. And a lot of people share your goals. So why not connect them together and Mm -hmm. work towards, uh, towards it together. Tell us a little bit about the dogs in your rescue. Where do they typically come from? (laughs) What kind of any highlight dogs that you've met? (laughs) So our dogs, and we try to be very inclusive of all dogs. Um, So when we had started straight of play, our goal was to transfer dogs from Turkey just because we had a connection there. And so it seemed like the easiest kind of stepping stone in order to do that. And because with COVID, that obviously was a big roadblock for us because a lot of dogs weren't able to be flown over, people weren't flying, so flight volunteers were very, very scarce. And so because of that, we started looking into Ontario dogs. And I am so, so happy that, I'm not happy that COVID you know, caused us to have this fork in the road, but I'm happy that COVID had forced us to just kind of think outside of the box. Because, you know, being from Ontario and being an Ontario rescue, I do believe that, you know, it, it, we owe it to, you know, our, our, our land, you know, our city to basically help anything that is surrounded, surrounding us as well. And there are so many dogs in Ontario shelters. Luckily in Ontario shelters, they are no kill shelters. So you know, if these dogs don't find homes, it's not like they're being put down, but there are so many dogs that are sitting in these shelters, just, you know, outside of the GTA, two hours, maybe north of Toronto that need homes. And so when COVID had happened and we weren't able to kind of look to our rescue partner in Turkey, we were forced to look within, you know, Ontario. And we started pulling from these shelters in Ontario. It was such a learning curve for me. I do handle Ontario intakes and creating these connections was so 
just inspiring because you're talking to people who work at these shelters and they're so dedicated to these dogs. And, you know, I think before, before Straight to Play and, you know, even though I was volunteering with other organizations, you didn't really have access to this information. And now that I am, you know, handling on intakes and talking to even owner surrenders, I have such a different view on shelter staff and, you know, people who surrender their dogs. I think in my mind before I thought anyone who would ever surrender a dog is a bad person. You know, there was no if, ands, or buts. Like you, you took on a dog and now you don't want the dog. You are a horrible person. Whereas now dealing with, you know, local intakes and local surrenders, And speaking to these owners, I actually, I have to say, like, I think back to, I don't know what story it was, but, you know, you think of a parent who loves their child enough to say that I can't care for you, but I know you deserve that life that is better for you. So I'm going to look to a rescue to help you and to possibly take you in. And I respect these owner surrenders so much because they do it knowing that they're, they're going to be judged you know? And so I think now this is my perspective now where, you know, I, I do, I support them and I I cry for them because not only are they saying, I now have to give away my pet because for whatever reason, I can't care for it, but they love their pet enough to say, I'm going to contact strangers who I know are going to judge me. I know they're going to think I'm a bad parent. They're, you know, they're going to believe that, you know, I don't have what it takes and whatever else, but they do that still because they don't care what people think about them. All they want at the end of the day is for their dogs that they love so much to be cared for. So if that means that, you know, they'll be judged and they'll be blacklisted or whatever else, it doesn't matter to them. Like they just want their dogs to be safe and cared for and loved. And so I think that that definitely offered me a new perspective. And, you know, now I look at owner surrenders in a totally different light. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's some people who aren't the greatest, but, you know, for the most part, it's, it definitely has transformed my view on people. So that's what we get. That's where we get some of our dogs as well. We still now are getting dogs from Turkey Um, since COVID has kind of, become the norm, I'd say it's not lifted, but it's become the norm in which people are flying back now because they have to. So we have gotten dogs from Turkey as well. We've gotten our dogs from Mexico. So the, and the dogs from Turkey and Mexico are basically strays that have been found on the streets and they're taken in by our shelter partners who, you know, get them vetted and prepped for their flight. And then they send us information. And then when a flight volunteer kind of puts up their hand, they are put on a flight and they're flown here to us. Definitely. And if um, anybody would be interested in like becoming a flight volunteer and helping with any of that, where can they go for more information on that? So they can definitely, I feel Instagram is always the easiest route and avenue for people to take these days. So you can send us a DM and we're stray. So S-T-R-A-Y, the number two, and then P-L-A-Y, or just on our site, which is S-T-R-A-Y-T-O-P-L-A-Y.org. Um, and you can totally send us an email and let us know any time you're flying, as long as you're willing to, you know, it's as simple as collecting your baggage. So that's how, that's how I compare it. Cause I think a lot of people are confused about what it means to be a flight volunteer and what they have to dedicate and, you know, whether or not it costs them anything and it costs them absolutely nothing. You basically have to treat it like when you arrive in Toronto, you have to basically collect baggage and then you have to go through customs to claim these dogs. 
Yeah. So, and maybe once COVID is in better shape and the world gets back to at least a new normal where we could travel, hopefully a lot more people can use these opportunities to bring dogs yeah. back and to get yeah. a lot of transports happening. I know for me, yeah. I've never like considered that in my trips. And I feel like from now on, now that I know, I'm just going to mm -hmm. like always plan a rescue around my trips. Yep. Like, why not? Right. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It definitely is. And I, I mean, like you said, even for myself, like it was never a thought before. And now, and now even, you know, I'm here in Florida and I'm kind of like, who can I bring back? You know, because the idea is that it, it, it might take you an extra hour, you know, when you arrive because you have to go through customs with the dog, but at the end of the day, you are saving a life. And I know, you know, so much of what we do in life, you know, we can, we always turn around and we can say, you know what, we're not saving lives. And so it's okay, you know, take it easy. But and for, for once, it's like you, you are actually saving a life and you are actually making a huge difference to, you know, this one dog or, you know, this family that's going to adopt them or the family that's not able to care for them. So it does make a huge difference. And I think the time invested on our part really is nothing compared to just the amount of love and heart and the good karma points that you're going to get back on your end. Yeah, definitely. What do you um, think about the rescue and how it's grown in the short time you guys have had it? What do you think like its attributes were that got people so dedicated to straight to play and got involved volunteering and following and posting and all that good stuff. I think that we were lucky to have a, a community, a strong community of friends and family that really, really just believed in our passion. I say it today because I know even a lot of my friends and I'm reminded daily that, you know, not everyone loves dogs as much as I do. And not everyone <laughs> believes that, you know, dogs are the first thing that should be cared for. And I respect that. I totally respect that. Um, and I've had, I've had to learn to respect that because, you know, the idea was foreign to me, but I think that straight up play, we were lucky where, you know, we were a small group of people. There were five of us. And when we had started, we had friends and family that just, you know, I don't know if they knew that we would do anything life-changing, but they believed in us. They believed that we were capable people who, you know, at the end of the day, just were leading with our hearts and said, you know, what do you need? You know, if it's just sharing or, you know, just gathering information and things like that and, you know, getting the word out, getting the name out. I think we were lucky in order to have that. I think that the one thing that definitely helped us as well was when we had started, I mean, we obviously every non for profit, there's not a lot of funds, you know, so we spent a lot of time just kind of, you know, telling our friends, telling our families, reaching out to, you know, different vendors and different brands trying to get their support. And I think what we had done that was maybe different from a lot of other rescues was we focused on just that whole one step in front of the other, you know, so, you know, we, we had to get registered. So we did that. And then after that, it was like, okay, let, let's get dogs, you know, like we, we need this amount of money to at least get our first dog. So let's do that. And the moment we do, let's grab our first dog. And really it, the follow the followers and the support, the true support, I would say really started coming in when we got our first dog. Um, and then when that first dog got adopted and went into foster care, I think that's when everything kind of just 
grown organically because it wasn't, it was no longer just a group of people saying, this is what I want to do. This is what I can do. This is what I think I'm going to do. But people were actually seeing the stories and they were actually, you know, witnessing what, you know, a tiny group of people can do and, you know, what it means to actually make a difference. And I think that's, that's where we got really lucky. What about Instagram? Do you guys feel like Instagram played a big part? I know you're talking earlier, but like, you know, yeah, going to a pet store because you didn't know there was an alternative, (laughs) right? Yes. Instagram definitely played a big part. Absolutely. Because you know what? Instagram is free, right? So I do want to give a huge shout out to our social media manager, Courtney, because when we had started straight to play, I I'm in charge of events and fundraising. And so Instagram kind of fell into, you know, my wheelhouse, which is not great because I am not Instagram savvy or social media savvy, but I started doing what I could and I thought it was great. And then I met Courtney, who I actually am lucky enough to work with every day. And she does do social media. So when she jumped on board, she took us to a whole new level. And our posts look professional and beautiful. And I think she was a big part of that because she was able to give a face to us and make us look a lot more professional than we probably were at that time, to be honest. I mean, now, you know, we know we where we are and we know what we're capable of. But at the time when she was making us look really, really good, we were still just probably, you know, maybe seven people trying to figure it out. So definitely Instagram, you know, with its reach as well, a hashtag gets how many people interested and just the ability for Google to share. We've been really lucky to be in this day and age where we have the use of Instagram because I can't imagine having a rescue. You know, I know some of them existed 20 years from now and I don't know how they would have done it without Instagram. I know. I think a big part of Instagram too is obviously like the foster sharing their moments Mm -hmm. with their foster dogs and potential adopters just being able to look. I mean, I know with Luna, who I fostered with you guys, like... It was so funny because I was talking to their, her future adopters on Instagram, but I, for some reason, just like didn't even connect the dots when we ended up meeting. And I just was like, oh, of course it's you. You've been asking questions about Luna for like a week and- You've been stalking her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's really funny there too. It's just like, you know, I'm just having fun and, you know, just posting lots of Luna because she's adorable and it makes people kind of like learn- what life with her is like and plan and connect with the fosters. It's like, gives it a lot of personality. No, absolutely. And you're right. And even that sense, it's like Instagram takes away a lot of the work that we would have to be doing in terms of updating, you know, updating the community on every single dog. We no longer really have to do that because our fosters are on Instagram. So the moment they share a story, we can share that. And it's so instant. And anyone who does have any interest in a dog is very much able to just go on our Insta stories and see, you know, these dogs every single day and like their element, I guess, (laughs) would be, you know, just in their daily life and how they are in their little personalities, you know. And I think that's, that's definitely, we're lucky to be able to use that and utilize that as a tool for us. Any future plans for 20? 2021 for the rescue. So plans for 2021. I think that we are really just hoping that COVID ends up selling more because we do have a few shelter 
in different parts of the country who have expressed interest in working with us. Um, one of them is India. And I know that there was talks with one in Asia as well. You know, we're, we're open. We're open to receiving dogs from everywhere because for on our end, it's like, if we have the fosters, why are we not utilizing them? You know, we have the fosters. It's been proven that in Toronto, you know, the demand is there. The moment a dog is up for adoption, the amount of applications, the amount of great applications we get for a dog is incredible. You know, it's incredible and it's heartwarming because you think of these dogs that were basically abandoned and not wanted. And now, you know, they come through our little foster care of three weeks. And for a lot of them from day one, people are already interested in them and asking yeah. about them. If we have that system in place where, you know, we have fosters that are available, we know that we'll have adopters that are going to want these dogs, then why not take in more dogs from countries that are really, really struggling with their population? Yeah. So for us, it really is just like, you know, let's, let's start getting the flights back on. Let's have more people the moment they're able to travel and more people put up their hands to volunteer, then we'll definitely start getting more dogs in from other countries. Because like I said, we're completely inclusive. So we're not, we're not tied to, you know, just Turkey or just Mexico. Um, we want to make sure that we are able to kind of support dogs everywhere because that's, that's our end goal, right? Um, just being able to give any dog that needs a home, a home. I mean, mm -hmm. places like India are great as well because we have mm -hmm. so such a big South Asian population in Toronto that are traveling yes. there typically to see family. So mm -hmm. it would be great to be actually, able to get some more. Yeah, we do actually have a rescue partner in India that's reached mm -hmm. out and she actually reached out to us back in May and she's had dogs that she's had in boarding that she's been wanting to send. And, you know, we've said we'll take them, but she just cannot not cannot find people that are flying back to Toronto that are willing to take them. And unfortunately, with COVID, a lot of flights as well have put, you know, re regulations on whether or not they're willing to fly pets over. So unfortunately, that is the reality of the situation right now. But, you know, like you said, hopefully when it when everything kind of just has a little bit of a break, maybe we can start to see more of these dogs because it's just it's it's sad it's sad yeah when you actually see what they're going through and then you look mm -hmm. at Ontario and you know you see the amount of people who are willing to foster and willing to adopt and it's just like we just need to get you over here yeah. um, which seems to be the biggest roadblock for us what about any like future plans with Daffy or Monster in terms of <laughs> training dog training. mom things you want to do together oh my god i think that well monster is really just you know trucking yeah. i would like <laughs> monster I would like lives him. his life yeah i would like to actually your friend who does the paintings had told me that her parents have a 19 year old Yorkie. yes yes that's right yes yep so you know the goal really is just for him to wake up every single day i know <laughs> and to 21. My goal is 21 for him. Yeah. Um, so at least I have another six years <laughs> with him. And then with Daffy, I think just, I want to see her. She's finally started to come out of her shell and, you know, kind of recognize who her friends are and I think who her people are. So just, just working with her more on that, I think, you know, I think it's pretty clear that what we see is what we get with her. <laughs> so I, so I don't want to, you know, overreach in terms of expectations. But no, I think we're just gonna keep on her leash training and hopefully see 
her be less sassy and more lovable <laughs> maybe as we go leash training is a long haul we're right we're also right. up and down with boss all the time sometimes there'll be months where i'm like he's amazing and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden he'll just be like no i decided no. not to care anymore <laughs> no yeah it's it's very true and with COVID as well right because yeah. they go from seeing people to not seeing people and and i'm sure that when you know people go back to work and when the cities get busier that that's all going to change as well so. i know it's definitely interesting looking ahead for us there's so many yeah. different variables that are going to change once once things get back in motion. We live above a bar and boss is already <laughs> noise, noise reactive just when they're oh my God. doing takeout orders. And I'm just like, we might have to move when this, oh my God. which sucks because I love our home. But yes. it is kind of like, I don't think boss can bear the usual <laughs> noises that are, it is yeah. quite loud. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah, that's definitely, I, I don't have any big changes like that, but I think maybe just, you know, bring her back to the office and see yeah. how she is in the office now. Cause she was, she was perfect before, but she was perfect because she was so scared. So yeah. she'd run into the office, jump into a chair and just sit all day, eight hours. Which is amazing. No that's what you yeah, want. Yeah, perfect. So now I'm like, what if she's now interested in looking around and getting to know people and how will she be, you know? So it'll be interesting to see that part of her come out. It's time for the speed round. For our speed round, our dog mom will answer questions as quick as they can about their dog let's go shy or outgoing so shy or outgoing, shy or daffy, outgoing. Is def def daffy is definitely shy monsters just mean it's not <laughs> neither just me neither neither <laughs> yeah. games or treats games for daffy neither for monster <laughs> Monster doesn't he eat does anything. I said he does nothing. Yeah, he's not really motivated. That's fair. Collar, harness, or other, or what tools do you use for each dog? Oh, so Daffy is on a collar with a transitional leash, and Monster is on a harness, if that, because he's often in my purse. Dog bed or human bed? Dog bed for Monster, human bed, but not our human bed for Daffy. The guest bed? A separate human bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Squeakers or balls? Squeakers for Daffy, neither for Monster. <laughs> I love all these consistent answers. Monster's nothing. just chilling. Monster just life. sits. <laughs> People or dogs? People for Monster, dogs for Daffy. Summer or winter? Summer for both. Walks or cuddles? Cuddles for Monster, walks for Daffy. Daffy loves her walks outside of the city or in an off-leashed. Right, yeah. Early walks or sleep in? Early walks. Both of them. They just adjust. I mean, monster. Yeah, monster doesn't walk, so he'll like want to sit in my hand while I walk. But Daffy is definitely an early walker. How do you walk, monster? Like, do you just like carry him outside? I, I carry him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you let <laughs> him down, him. and he does his little business. No, he's potty pat trained. Oh. <laughs> so he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't really need to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> But you just want to give yeah. him some fresh air once in a while. He likes, so. Yeah, he likes to he likes to supervise when Daffy walks. Yeah, nice. <laughs> guard dog or greeter? Both of them are guard dogs. <laughs> mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah. Boss is definitely a guard dog. A guard, you right. That was yeah. him earlier. Just like I think someone's here. And it's like, no. They no might be here. Someone <laughs> someone might have blown at your door. <laughs> yeah. Big dogs or little dogs? Both like 
both actually daffy actually i think likes the big dogs more than the small dogs yeah yeah bacon or peanut butter both for both tricks or stairs so like stares at you and doesn't know what's going on <laughs> oh stares both of them yeah <laughs> squirrel chaser or scent follower squirrel chaser both, both. or yeah both I think if Monster could, yeah. he would. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the one thing that got him going. Costumes or naked? Costumes. Yeah? I, well, okay. So Monster is definitely costumes. Daffy is often naked, but she mm -hmm. does have a lot of costumes. Squat or lift? They both, oh my God. They both do both. Really? Weird. Daffy oddly, too? Oddly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She does both now. And we... And she started to mark everything, but yeah, oh, she'll wow. squat, yeah. she'll lift. Yeah, she has, like, she has actually, because we're in Toronto, we're next to like a fence, and she's actually like pushed her arms into it to lift both legs and poop into the fence so that it falls, <laughs> <laughs> so that it falls onto the other side of the fence, and that I can't get it. Like she, she will literally poop into something. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, so interesting. Yeah, she's weird. She's yeah, weird. that's hilarious. Mommy's kid or daddy's kid? I think they're both mommies. <laughs> <laughs> I say that as Greg is there because he just bought himself a best dad t-shirt, best dog dad t-shirt. So I'm like, nah, she likes me more. <laughs> that's everything. You passed Yay! with flying colors. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I can keep my dogs now? Yeah, that's right. You're not taking, you're not I'm not taking them away? Okay. No, I Yay. did have a flight to Florida booked, but I guess I'll cancel it. <laughs> Yay, thank you. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me on Rescue Dog Moms. Where can people find you and find Stray to Play? So you can find Stray to Play on Instagram at Stray, S-T-R-A-Y, the number two, and then P-L-A-Y or online at straytoplay.org. And then you can find me through Daffy at daffodil.duck on Instagram. Rescue Dog Moms is a project by Yamini, inspired by her rescue dog boss, who you can find at the Puggle Boss on Instagram. To keep up with the Rescue Dog Moms podcast, you can follow us at rescuedogmoms.ca or on Instagram at Rescue Dog Moms Pod. See you next week.